Brothers and sisters, good morning. <laughs> good morning, New Morning Light Baptist Church. I'm Reverend Eugene P. Williams, and as always, I'm excited and ecstatic to be here with you. I'm grateful uh, to God for this opportunity. I'm grateful for your pastor, Pastor Charles Hamilton, uh, for calling on me and trusting me to stand behind this sacred desk uh, and, to, to, and to deliver uh, a word from God to you. Uh, I'm so grateful and I'm excited, and I greet you all with Jesus' joy. Uh, I honor your pastor, I honor your officers, and I honor all of you who are the members of New Morning Light this morning. Uh, this morning I will be, I want to read just in your hearing, um, just one verse of scripture, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 38. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 38, and I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. The Common English Bible reads this way, it says, because of all this, we are making a firm agreement in writing with the names of all our officials and Levites and our priests on the seal. Pray with me, please. Lord, you know. You know what needs to be said. You know what needs to be heard. You know what needs to be done. So, Lord, let it all be done with efficiency and clarity in the next few moments. Lord, I pray that you breathe on my words and make them yours. Open up all of our hearts, open up our minds so that we may be able to receive what it is that you have for us. Lord, let the words of our, my mouth, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to preach from the thought, because of all this, because of all this. Have you ever had a cringe-worthy moment? Have you ever had a, a moment where you remembered something that happened to you or, or, or something that you used to do and you felt uh, that embarrassment all over again? Have you ever looked back over your life and, and thought things over and instead of having that, that immediate feeling of gratitude and, and hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Instead of all that, you paused and you reflected and simply felt disappointed. Have you ever thought back on your, your family history and wondered why your parents and your grandparents uh, made certain choices and why you sometimes find yourself in the same type of predicaments because of similar choices and decisions that you have made? Friends, all of us have a history. And in some way, shape, or form, that history affects our present and has the potential to affect our futures. Now, what we do with the information that we learn from that collective history is what can and will make the difference in our lives. You see, in Nehemiah chapter 9, the, the people of Israel that have returned from exile are, are at least one generation removed from the customs and the laws of Israel and of the temple worship. Under, under Ezra's leadership, uh, the temple has been rebuilt. And under the leadership of Governor Nehemiah, the, the walls and the gates of the city have been rebuilt. Through the work of the people, Jerusalem and the kingdom of Israel are slowly but surely being restored. Restoration is happening in a physical sense. 
However, the people know that at this point, what's, what is needed most is a spiritual restoration. So in chapter 8, the people come together like a good Baptist church, and they ask Pastor Ezra to read to them from the book of the Law of Moses. The, the book of the Law of Moses are those ancient writings from the, uh, of the Pentateuch that, that were originally instituted to govern, uh, 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 govern the nation of Israel as God's chosen people that would live, in a, live according to, to God's uh, just and merciful will. When their ancestors neglected to live up to God's will, God gave them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance to get it right until finally the Lord decided, you know what, I'm just going to give y'all over to the Babylonians and the Assyrians as captives and slaves. Yet even in this desperate and desolate situation, God doesn't totally give up on them. When there is no hope in that situation, God still gave them the hope of returning to the land that was promised to them. With the returned community gathered together in one place, as Ezra, uh, uh, like Moses did, Ezra reads and instructs and interprets the word of God for the people. Uh, in chapter 8, they, they commemorate the festival of Sukkot, or what we know as the festival of tabernacles, or, or the festival of booths, depending on the translation that you read. They, they celebrate this festival with prayer and the reading of scripture. And, and, and what's interesting about this is that the last time that the entire community was together for the, to celebrate this festival was in the days of Joshua before they even took the land of Israel. The fact that this new generation is able to observe this festival after coming back from Israel, Israel uh, uh, they're able to observe this once again, that's indicative of the beginning of their spiritual renewal. Now after the seven day observance of the festival of booths, chapter 9 says that just two weeks later on the 24th day of the month, the, the, the people of Israel were assembled once again. They liked to have church. They were fasting together. They were praying together. They were wearing sackcloths and sitting with dirt on their heads. They were expressing uh, a sense of mourning. This expression of mourning was due to the conviction that the people felt about the communal sins of their parents and their grandparents and everything that went wrong before they went into exile. The first thing that, uh, that the text shows us, friends, is, is, that, is that the people recall their story. They recall the memories of the past and, and those memories have such a profound effect on them that they, that they're able to, that they have to, uh, they're, they're moved to separate themselves uh, and to mourn over the collective unfaithfulness. Look at the text. It's a very interesting text. Verse 2 tells us that, that they separated themselves from the foreigners in the land. Now, now the foreigners in the land, uh, they included the people who were, who were like the merchants that were from neighboring countries that were living in Judea at this time. The foreigners in the land included the spouses of Israelite men and women who were, who were immigrants from other countries and cultures. The reason that they separated themselves was not based on any type of racist or supremacist ideology like some people would make one to preach or may have you to believe, but it was solely because those who were not native Israelites didn't have anything to confess and they, and they didn't have anything to repent from based upon the, uh, the collective unfaithfulness of the Israelites in the past. The native people of Israel were performing these funeral rituals to express their penitence and their remorse for the past sins of their nation. After hearing 
the law and the instruction from the scriptures, there was, there was a collective cringeworthy moment. You can imagine the cringe, the, 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 the guilt, the shame that swept across the whole community as they heard the law and remembered their own story, as they recalled their story and the, and the ways in which they failed to live up to God's standards. That would cause anybody to cringe. Now, I started this, this little message <clears throat> asking you all about your cringeworthy moments, about, about your moments where you felt your own guilt and shame and bewilderment and how, you, how you, uh, you find yourselves making the same choices and mistakes that you have seen in your families of origins. As I was preparing for this message, I, I, I took a lot of time to, to reflect and remember and to recall my own story and, 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 and my own moments of disgrace and my moments of shame. And, and I recalled my cringeworthy moments and I almost got stuck there. You see, brothers and sisters, I believe that too often, too many, too many of us can recall our stories and focus on all of our missteps and all of our mistakes. And when we get and we can get stuck there in those feelings of embarrassment and lose our self of sense worth self-worth there is a there is a potential for us to forget uh, who we are who we truly are and and whose we are because because of all the losses that we perceive when we recall our stories when we're looking at it up close we can lose our confidence and and, and we can lose sight of how we should move forward when we recall our stories and all and all that we can think about are the things that we have done wrong but I want to suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that, that, to you, that, that, that I want to suggest to you that, that there is a right way to recall your story. When we think back over our lives, sometimes we're, we're just going to have some cringeworthy moments. That's inevitable. Most people are, are their own worst critic. I am my own worst critic. When we recall our stories, it's easy for us to hone in and to, to pinpoint all of our own mistakes that have led us to the many losses that we think that we have taken. However, I submit to you that if we, that if we would just take a moment to, to take a few steps back, to look at the full picture, to look at the full panoramic view, we would not only be able to see our losses that we have taken, but we'd also be able to see, to see the lessons that we have learned. When I take a moment to step back and to recall my full story, I can see that I took some L's over here, but I learned a lesson for everything that, I, that I'm doing right now. I may have taken some, some L's over there, but, 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 but I, I was able to get the wisdom that I needed for where I'm going in my future. When we recall our stories with a, with a full and accurate perspective, like the returned people of Israel, we can go from a place that we can be moved from just thinking and recalling to thanking. We can go from thinking to thanking. When we recall our story correctly, you can just go from, we can, we can go from just recalling our story firstly to secondly recounting our story. Re verse 5 tells us that, that, that after days of mourning and, and, and fasting and, and praying and, and sitting in sackcloth with, with dirt and ashes on their head, after reading from the scriptures at least three hours a day and confessing uh, their sins for another three hours, good God, that's six hours of church and they still ain't done yet. The, the, the leaders of each family, the officials, the, the priests and the Levites stood on a wooden platform before the people and implored them to stand up. Stand up. We've been, we've been sitting here too long. 
We've been recalling and replaying our story over and over and over again in our heads. Now is the time for us to address it. Now is the time for us to reconcile it. Now is the time to come to peace with it. Now, now they weren't trying to be like some people are today who, who, are, so, who are so against uh, critical race theory uh, without even having any type of idea of what it really is. They weren't in the business of, of whitewashing their, their history so that it could fit into a narrative that they wanted to portray. They weren't trying to, to spread any big lies about how they have been perfect in keeping God's law. Any big lies about how they were righteous and, and holy and, and they upheld justice and, and democracy throughout the world. No, no, no. In chapter 9, verse 5 of the book of Nehemiah, the leaders told the people to stand up. Stand up and bless the Lord your God who is from everlasting to everlasting. Bless your glorious name which is high above all blessing and praise. Immediately the people went from recalling their story to recounting their story and praising God for every bit of it. The people got up on their feet and began to pray and to praise and to confess. The people of Israel showed us that, that the rhythm of worship can include both lament and praise. What are you saying? Uh, I'm saying that worship can go uh, in the same setting. The worship can go from praise, uh, from high and holy praise to, to lament, to a deep and agonizing lament. And then it can go all of a sudden because of the spirit of God. It can go from, from that same deep and agonizing lament back up to a high and holy praise because of the grace of God's. But somewhere I read that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to divine purpose. God can handle the good. God can handle the bad and God can handle the ugly of all of our stories. We just have to recall it right and be brave enough to recount it. We have to have the courage to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. The people stood up. The people stood up and began to praise the Lord and to recount their story as a community. And when I say they recounted their story as a community, when you go back and read the text, starting at verse 6, they began to recount their story going all the way back to creation. Then, then, then they recounted God's original covenant with Abraham. Then they told the story of, of their experience and, and the escape from Egypt. They, they described how, how they witnessed God's awesome power at the Red Sea. They rehearsed their time wandering in the wilderness. They, they spoke of their encounter, their majestic encounter with God at Mount Sinai. They told the story uh, of what it was like to receive the commandments hot off the presses. They, they, they recounted how, how God answered their incessant complaints by causing manna to rain down from heaven and water to come from a rock. They were honest about their ingratitude and their, and their thoughts about going back to Egypt. They thought they told the truth about uh, when they messed up and they worshiped a false idol that they had fashioned into a golden calf. They reminded themselves of, of how God led Joshua and how God was with Joshua as, they, as he led their ancestors into conquering the land. They detailed their cycle of sin and more sin and more sin during the time of the judges. And more recently for them, they recounted the story of their exile and then their return. They weren't afraid of recounting and retelling their story. They weren't afraid uh, 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 of, of their history. 
Even if the history highlighted how unfaithful they had truly been, it didn't matter what recounting their story said about them or what recounting their story said about us. In the grand scheme of things, how we look in our story doesn't matter all that much. It doesn't matter because if when we are brave enough to tell the truth of our stories and how unfaithful we have been, it becomes clear that God's faithfulness, uh, in spite of our unfaithfulness, has always reigned. What are you saying, EP? What do you mean by that? Let me tell you. See, you see, let me make it plain for you. We may break promises, but God is a promise keeper. We may be unrighteous, but God is righteous and holy. We may be unforgiving, but God's forgiveness is unmatched. We may be ungracious, but God is full of grace. We may be ruthless and unmerciful, but God is generous in showing us mercy. We may have a quick temper, but God is slow to anger. Our love may, may come with conditions, but God is abounding in steadfast and unconditional love. We may be quick to give up on people, but God has never forsaken us. We may be selfish, but God unselfishly cares for us. We may be impatient, but God has been exponentially patient with us. Even though we have been unfaithful, even though we may be unfaithful even to this day, God has always been faithful to us. The, song word, the songwriter was right when he said that with God there's pardon for sin and peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. There's strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine, ten thousand by side. God has always been faithful to us and great is that faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Great is thy faithfulness. Just like the ancient people of Israel returned from exile. It's important that you first recall your story. Then you have to be brave enough to secondly recount your story. Then thirdly and finally uh, my friends you, you, you have to recommit to continuing your story. It's one thing to be able to mentally recall our story. It's one thing to be able to recount your own story, but it's crucially important that we be able to recommit to continuing the story that God has begun in us. It's good to take a moment to pause and reflect. It's, it's wonderful for us to be able to retell our own narrative in our own voice, but the reflecting and the retelling should always lead us back to a place of recommitment. The people of Israel rehearsed and retold their entire history. They, they acknowledged their own mistakes and, and shortcomings. They owned up to their own unfaithfulness and they cried out about the distress that they were current, currently in, the predicament that they were in as subjects as, uh, of the Persian emperor. They were, they were free-ish and naturally they were unsatisfied with the status quo. So after recalling and, and recounting they were able to look back and say, because of all this, because of all this, we're going to recommit ourselves to continuing the story that God has begun in us, that God has begun in our community. In other words, the people were saying it ain't over yet. 
Our, our, our story is not finished. And so because of all this, we're recommitting to renewing our covenant with God. We are making a new and firm agreement with, with God. And, and this time we're going to live right. This time we're going to care for the poor. This time we're going to feed the hungry. This time we're going to clothe the naked. This time we're going to give drink to the thirsty. This time we're not going to shun the immigrant. This time we are going to live right. We are changing our hearts and our minds and we are recommitting to doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with our God. It's because of God's unfaithful and enduring faithfulness, unfailing and enduring faithfulness that, that, that we can always turn back to him and recommit to continuing the story that the Lord has begun in us since the beginning of time. I know that it's never too late. I know that it's never too late because the Bible says that though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The book says uh, 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 the righteous may fall seven times, but 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 still get up. And there are some people who think that they, they are they are righteous and they they are more than righteous than anybody else. And they don't fall and they don't stumble and they live with the I, I've come fully dressed in the, in the full armor of God. Let me tell you something. If you are holier than thou, if you're one of those people who live the perfect life. Big ups to you. I hope you write a book and you can teach us all about it. But let me tell you something. If you haven't learned by now, that life is going to try to knock you down sometimes. And I like the way Cardi B interpreted the text when she said, I, I look at myself in the mirror. I say, we going to win. Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten. We always have to get up by the power and the strength and the might of God. No matter what our stories reveal about us, it's never too late to turn back to the loving embrace of our God. Our stories may reveal how messed up we really are. They may expose all the mistakes we've made. Our stories may, may put us on blast and, and get us canceled. Our stories may, may expose all the things that we, that we used to say. They may expose all the things that we used to do and the ways that we used to live. Wait a minute, let me correct that. Our stories may, may even expose the things that we still say. They may expose the things that we still do and the ways in which we still live. But no matter what our stories reveal about us, God is our constant and ever-present help in times of trouble. Even if we are the cause of that trouble, God is like a boomerang. At some points in our stories, it's, it's been like we have just mishandled and thrown away everything that God has freely given us. If we're, if we're going to be honest about our story, we can admit that, that there have been times when we have thrown away God's blessings. We've thrown away God's, God's love. We've thrown away God's grace. We've thrown away God's mercy. But because of God's faithfulness, because of God's love, because of God's grace and mercy, and because of God's character, everything that we've unintentionally thrown away, everything that we've even intentionally thrown away, but it's like a boomerang. It always comes back, right back to us because that is who God is. It's never too late to recommit to the story, to continuing the story that God has begun in us. And once we take the time to recall our story, and when we are courageous enough to recount the truth of our story, the whole truth and, and nothing but the truth, then, my friends, it will become abundantly clear that we are able to recommit to continuing the story. And this time, getting it right by walking hand and hand with God. It'll become abundantly clear that because of all this, because of my mess, 
because of my unfaithfulness, but more importantly, because of all of God's faithfulness, we can continue and run on to see what the end's going to be. God bless you, New Morning Light. And amen. Brothers and sisters, there may be some of you who have, who have never recalled your story. There may be some of you who have, never, who have never recounted your story to anyone or even to yourself. There may be some of you who have never taken the time to recommit to continuing that story. If this is the first time that you have heard anything like this, if, th if this is an opportunity, I want you to let you know that this is an opportunity that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, to telling you uh, that she's always been with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you whether you knew it or not. And that this is an opportunity to accept the salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Friends, the Bible tells us that salvation is simple. S simple. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 tells us that if we confess with our lips and believe in our hearts, then we shall be saved. If we confess with our lips that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, pray the simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I love you. I need you. I may have a past. I have a history. And I have a story to tell. But right now, I confess all of my sins to you. I confess that you are the Lord of my life and the savior of my life. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and I want to live a Christian life forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Friends, if you pray that simple prayer, I want you to know that you are saved. Please be sure to contact the church. Uh, I'm sure that uh, someone wants to connect with you and I'm sure that Pastor Hamilton would love to be your pastor. If you, if you want to simply join the church, contact the church as well. Because this is a place where you can learn and grow in love with a community of believers that will always walk with you and love you through it all. I love you and God bless you.